It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, hope you're doing all right today. And by the way, today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912 268 Two three two eight nine one two two six eight two three two eight. Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by our new app. That's right. You want to watch or listen to the show on your phone? Download our app. Just visit our website www.billycboxing.com and click on the banner that says "Download Billy C's App." You know, it's pretty simple. You know, I think Jeremy uh, made some kind of cut up on poor old Billy C. So uh, you'll find it. Billycboxing.com. And today's show is also being brought to us in part by. The next Billy C. Boxing event, which is going to be taking place uh, f- over the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather weekend. Uh, that's August 25th and 26th down in beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. So where is a better place to catch that fight and hang out with us? Oh, did I mention that not only are you going to hang out with me and Sal Rocky Senecola, but how about former world champions... Marlon Starling, Bobby Chez, and Mike Hercules Weaver, just to name a few. And then we also have uh, Sal Rocky Senecolo going to be doing a live workout. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not kidding you. It's going to be a live workout uh, with the mitts with renowned trainer out of Tampa, Florida, Sherman Henson. So uh, make sure you come on down and join it, uh, the whole uh, event with us. In addition to that, we'll have a meet and greet at the beautiful seat bombs uh we are going to be giving you a sneak look we're going to be broadcasting uh our uh, or at least showing our new uh fight series that we're going to be doing called billy c's boxing revisited we will uh, show at least one full episode for you uh, maybe even two we will be hanging out at sal rocky Senecola's restaurant so you can taste the food that i've been bragging about so uh, all of that is happening just uh Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, click on the C-Poms banner, give them a call, and ask for the Billy C uh, Boxing Special, and uh, you'll get some special rates. We're going to play some golf. But, uh, great weekend. Great weekend. So uh, uh, make sure you uh, come on down. Fun in the sun. And finally, today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man of Plan, is available right now. Right now. Where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of it right now. Did I say right now? Right now. Uh, by visiting uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about uh, getting Tom Molino's story out there and why you 
Yes, you need to learn about this guy. Anyway, uh, coming up a little bit later, we may uh, open up the phone lines. Yeah, we may. We may open up the phone lines. It's been a little bit. Uh, we got some fight results from last night we're going to talk about. Uh, today's main topic, though, you know, uh, we got this fight coming up. What's it called? Uh, I don't know if it's a fight, but it's uh, definitely uh, some kind of shenanigans, some kind of smokescreen, some kind of typical BS uh, that we're getting uh, out of uh, uh, Floyd. Um, but uh, but Larry Holmes, uh, all-time great heavyweight, boxing Hall of Famer, uh, he went on record yesterday by basically giving Conor McGregor not only a shot at beating Floyd Mayweather, but the blueprint on how. Now, I'm going to tell you what uh, Larry Holmes said uh, uh, with his quote, but first, joining me right now, from St. Simon's Island in Georgia, in the state of Georgia, the Peach State, the Pecan State, the Georgia Bulldog State. Well, you get the idea. Sal, Rocky, Senny Cola. What's up, Sal? Hey, Billy C. Good morning. How are you out there, my friend? Jesus, you blew my headset up. I said some coffee. I got Yeah, <laughs> you did. Uh, you certainly did. Pecans. Is it pecan or pecan? I don't know. Is I say, pe- I say pecans. It. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday about uh, coming on down, and they tell me, uh, there's Sal uh, drinking the customized uh, Billy C. coffee mug, so if you want one, drop me an email. What, what do you got hanging off there? Take take your spaghetti off of there. What was that? <laughs> A rubber band? <laughs> yeah, rubber band. But uh, anyway, I, my, I was talking to somebody, and normally when I come down there, I, when I drive, obviously, I... Uh, I go straight down uh, I ninety five, and my big uh, my big mission is to get past uh, Washington D.C. and Richmond, and that's a pretty easy run for me. Let but... me tell you a story. Wait, wait! I don't want to hear any more of your stories. I'm in the middle of telling you a story. Stop interrupting me, Rocky. Come on, come on, go, go. So, so, so this guy says, "Oh man, why don't you go? Why don't you go uh, eighty one down the day? Cut across over here and do blah blah blah." And I'm like, "What?" For what? Oh, to, to to get around Washington? I mean, I mean, I, you know, they they do have a loop that you go around. I mean, it, it's the still, outer loop. It, 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 it is still uh, a nightmare. But uh, yeah. but anyway, um, Larry Holmes is uh, uh, telling uh, the world that uh, Conor McGregor has a shot. And let me read you his quotes, Alan. Get your thoughts. Uh, Larry Holmes, Here. Hall of Famer, former heavyweight champion, many regard regard as one of the top. Uh, heavyweights of all time said, I and Larry I quote, well. "What's that?" I know Larry very well. I used to hang out with him with Rich Giacchetti all the time. Well, uh, here's uh, here's the thing, and they also announced the uh, undercard, which we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but but I tell you what, Sal, uh, just to get off topic for a second here. Uh, speaking of the undercard, uh, Sean Porter uh, is going to be uh, fighting uh, Thomas Delorme. Uh, on the undercard of the card, but it's going to be on Fox, and that fight starts pretty early, so uh, our uh, itinerary uh, might change a little bit, but uh, I'll talk to you about that later. But anyway, Larry Holmes um, said, and I quote, don't sell Conor McGregor short. He doesn't have to do too much to win. You know, I find that, and and I got the rest of the quote, but, you know, I find that kind of, Amazing. I mean, you can't, uh, you know, really uh, criticize Larry Holmes. I mean, Larry Holmes no. has accomplished a lot. But, but you know, it's 
It's like what people used to say about Klitschko. Ah, beating Klitschko's easy. All you got to do is, and then they all say the same <laughs> thing. And then it was 10 years before somebody was able to do it, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, to hear the first uh, line, uh, you know, he doesn't have to do that much to win. 49 other people tried, and uh, nobody's been able to do it. But anyway, Larry Holmes says, don't sell McGregor short. He doesn't have to do too much to win. All he has to do is get him in the corner and bang him. Put his That's hands up said. over his head, get down low, keep coming in, and throw punches once you get him against the ropes. Floyd's going to tie him up and try and hit him on the break. McGregor has to put his hands up, stay right on top of him, and keep him from hitting him. It's going to be an interesting fight. People are selling McGregor short. This guy is an athlete. He sees a lot of money. He sees a medal on his chest if he can get over this hump and win this fight. Um, you know, he's got a point. Uh, the, 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 the whole issue here is can he do it? Can he sustain that game plan for 12 rounds? I don't know, man. What's your thoughts? Billy, it's, like I said, he's not going to need 12 rounds if he can catch him and do it within the three rounds. And, and, and I told you right here many times. His real chance is at the onset of that bell, not walking, not shuffling, not cutting anything, running across the ring, try to trap Mayweather in a corner, be be a bully, use his hands, throw him in a corner. I mean, he's not going to do any MMA stuff. But, you know, you hold in boxing, you, uh, you, you grab arms, you grab bodies with your open glove. He could do some of that. If he's physically strong enough to, to put his arm on Floyd's tricep, bicep, throw him in a corner, uh, and just wail away. He's not going to have to respect. He can't respect Floyd. He's got to go through a barrage of tap punches, tippy-tap, tap-tap, and uh, he's got to be able to just manhandle him, throw him in a corner, and just wail away. Hit his arms, hit his head, hit his body, just just throw combinations. And one of those punches has, has got to stop slow or hurt Floyd. And, I mean, that's the only way I see this guy having any type of chance or offense in fighting Floyd Mayweather. And that's it. Just being a, a brute, being a bully, and having no respect for Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I mean, he's going to lose either way. So he's got to go in there like he's going to win. And that's the whole damn thing. He's got to go in there with the winning mentality and that he's got to be a bully. He has to have no respect for Floyd and that he's got to go in there that he commands that ring and he owns that ring and that this is his night and everybody's going to be surprised. He could do it. Is he going to? I don't know because, like I said, I never know what's in one fighter's heart or soul or mind. I just know what's in mind. So uh, if he could sustain and do something like that, he will have a chance because all he has to do is throw those punches and bunches, wail away, hurt Floyd on the arms, hurt Floyd, punch him in the neck, punch him in the head, punch him anywhere he can, and wail away with punches, trapping him in a corner, not letting him get out, throwing his being a bully with his arms, holding him, doing whatever he's got to do. Maybe he'll do something. I don't know. You know, the thing is, though, Sal, you know, Floyd knows this. Uh, Floyd knows know that's he what he's going to come. I mean, you know, so how do you how do you beat a guy that already knows what your game plan is? Well, and, and that's just it. He doesn't have too many options on, on uh, Conor McGregor. I mean, he's got to brutalize Floyd Mayweather. That's the only way. He's not going to outbox Floyd. And surely he's not going to just wait and, and go to Floyd and, and, and be, a, be a, a target 
for a shooting practice. I mean, that's what everyone believes he's going to do and what's going to happen. Floyd and Floyd, you know, I know he's probably thinking the same thing. This is what he's going to do. He's going to charge. That's why I use the analogy. Floyd is the matador in there with the bull. This guy's got to come at Floyd like a bull. And he's got to be, like I said, he's just got to be a bully in there. He's got to hit on the brakes. He's got to hit inside. He's got to grab him. He's got to hold him with an open glove. Uh, unless they're using thumbless gloves. Um <laughs> And uh, he's got to he's got to try to just brutalize Floyd in any way, shape, or form that he can with any free harms he has. But he's got to close the distance. He's got to wade through any punches that Floyd offers, and he's got to like just like I said, with his arms, with his hands, almost like the scenario of the movie with Rocky and Clubber Lang throw him in a corner and just boom, boom. You know, it's 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 got to be something like that. Well, otherwise, it, it's. It should be a movie, but unfortunately, it's it not. Should but, be a movie, but, but you know, the 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 thing is, is that, you know, it's easier said than done. You know, Floyd's oh, trying. Oh yes, it is. Floyd's trying to make it like he's old. Oh, I lost a step. I did it. You know, they're they're listen. They're getting a little yeah. nervous because they're still not sold out. Um, they're getting nervous because uh, you know the word on the curb is a lot of true boxing fans are definitely not buying it. But the MMA side. You know, they're all giving uh, Conor McGregor a shot. And now Larry Holmes, Hall of Fame, and nobody's going to question his ability. Uh, you know, he's he's given a, a shot to, to McGregor. Um, I just, uh, you know, I, I just, listen, it's a fight. It's it's not a fight. It's it's a, it's a an farce, It's, it's farce. basically a, a WWE event. Exhibition. Uh, and, and the undercard they announced uh, is not that great either, to be honest with you. Um, which uh, we'll get to here uh, as soon as we get done with the break. Now, speaking of breaks, uh, if you guys uh, have been tuning in, now, uh, you know, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that's been watching uh, our show on our uh, simulcast that we're doing on Facebook Live. Now, for all the Facebook people, that's not our normal camera feed. That's a cheesy camera, and I apologize for it. We actually have uh, a new uh, system set up. Uh, that we're going to implement uh, in, in a few days uh, for Facebook specifically because uh, of the uh, interest we have. Uh, but aside from Facebook, the last couple of days, uh, our uh, YouTube audience has been losing uh, Sal's uh, video uh, and not getting commercials, which is a good thing, I guess, um, as soon as we go to break. Now, we have uh, uh, been working on that the last couple of days. So here we go. We're going to go on a break, Sal, <laughs> and keep your fingers crossed because if the uh, all the work that uh, we did uh, did not work, which we won't know until I hit the button, uh, we are going to lose you again and just have your voice in the background. So uh, uh, bear with us, everyone, uh, as we uh, give this a shot one more time. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching 
the Billy C Show. Glad to be with us. And uh, thank goodness, thank goodness that uh, we finally uh, got over that hump. I want to thank the guys in the chat room. And by the way, we uh, uh, respond to the chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com. So if you're watching or listening uh, on TV, the radio, or uh, one of the streams that have been going on, uh, I know that there's other uh, vehicles for you to uh, enter a chat room. But the one that we respond to and and uh, discuss on the show here is the one up on BillyCBoxing.com. And those guys were uh, helping me out, uh, telling me that the uh, uh, commercials were looking good and sounding good, which is important because we're, we're required to with our uh, television network deals to have them. And uh, the last couple of days, uh, we've uh, been experiencing some technical issues. And I want to thank uh, all of the great engineers at Microsoft because they're the ones that effed it all up. And uh, uh, we're back, Sal. We're back. I didn't lose you. I got you back. People get to see your green uh, shirt uh, and uh, the the the, the uh, salute to you uh, behind you and uh, all of that stuff. But uh, before we went to break, uh, we were talking about the undercard. So I'll, I'll fill you in on that. First and foremost, um, the show is going to kick off with uh, Sean Porter going up against Thomas DeLorme. Uh, and what is going to be an interesting fight, Thomas DeLorme is uh, uh, a real tall, tall guy, and we all know how Sean Porter fights. Uh, now, that's going to be live on Fox, um, I, and that's going to start two hours before the pay-per-view. So uh, boxing is going to start early that day, so it's going to be a full day uh, of boxing for us, that's for sure. Uh, also on that card uh, that we'll get to see would be uh, a couple of... Uh, uh, unbeaten prospects, uh, Juan uh, Geraldez, uh and Jose Miguel Barago uh, going at it. So uh, we got a decent uh, fight there, which will be on uh, regular TV on Fox. Now, as far as the pay-per-view undercard, I'm not impressed, Sal. I'm not impressed. Um, you know, I, I, listen, uh, Javonta Davis is a fighter that I, I, I'm really looking forward to his development. All right? I, I love this kid. Uh, I like I him think, very much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he shows uh, a lot of uh, um, uh, promise. I, I just don't want him to end up like Adrian Broner. And no. on the other hand, you know, the the kid was uh, brought up uh, pretty uh, coddled, all right? he uh, He's uh, shown his skill set in his last two fights against good opposition. So... Um, the coddling uh, hasn't seemed to hurt him, but you can't regress now. And I kind of think that with, uh, uh, you know, his opponent that he's fighting. Now, Francisco Fonseca, who is he, who's going to be fighting, uh, is, uh, is a decent fighter, but not the level that you want to see um, in, in a real fight. I, I think this is just a showcase fight. And uh, Javante Davis should not have any problem with him. And my attitude about pay-per-view, Sal, is that the fights on them, and maybe this is because I was so used to the way they used to be, but the fights on the pay-per-view should all be, you know, what I like to term as significant fights. Yes, we get to see Javante Davis. Yes, he's going to put on a show, I'm sure. But it's not against a guy that I would like to see on a pay-per-view. I don't have a problem with a showcase fight on uh, Fox or, or ESPN or even Showtime. Um, but uh, but on a pay-per-view, I would like to see a much better fight. That's the uh, co-main event. Then uh, Bedo Jack uh, is taking on Nathan Cleverly. That fight I like. To me, that fight would be uh, a worthwhile 
you know, a uh, uh, pay-per-view undercard fight. I, I, I like it. Uh, Bado Jack is uh, uh, one of Floyd Mayweather's uh, fighters that um, has gotten better and better. Uh, and he's had some bumps in his road. He was also a guy that was coddled, ended up getting knocked out. But he has gotten better and better since he's come back. That loss has helped him. This is why I try to tell uh, young boxing fans that a, a losing a fight does not mean the end of your career. And Jack is a great uh, example of it. I like that fight. And then opening up the telecast is a non-title fight. Uh, uh, Andrew uh, Tabidi is taking on uh, Steve U.S.'s Cunningham. You know, it's a typical youth versus age type of a fight. But U.S. Cunningham, U.S.S. Cunningham, Steve U.S.S. Cunningham, has been uh, out of the game for a bit and uh, is a shell of himself, in my opinion, even though he's always a tough out. Um, I'm not sure what to think of that. But all in all, Sal, the three fights that are on the undercard uh, and then the Floyd uh, WWE event against uh, Conor McGregor, to me doesn't equal a, a, a pay-per-view worthy card especially a hundred dollar pay-per-view card what what's your thoughts well i agree with you and you know i think the uh the undercard uh, aside from Jonta davis I, I i like him um and i want to see him and i want to see him progress along i think he's a sharp young guy and i think he uh as long as he keeps his head about him i think we're going to see great things from him in the future um and we could see if he can we can uh get the other fights underway but uh you know this whole thing to begin with billy you know you're you and i share the same thoughts it's uh it's 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 tough for me to swallow it really is and uh it's going to be entertaining and and i think that's the only value and possibly a shock value is going to be if mcgregor gets lucky and can land one of those barrage of punches uh that can hurt mayweather and pull an upset of the century and that's that's the curiosity that uh that people might be interested in seeing. Um, the bottom line is, though, otherwise it's going to be a snooze fest. It's going to be what we predict. He's going to go out there. He's going to get winded, and uh, Mayweather's going to put him out of his misery by the sixth or eighth round. Well, and, yeah. and yeah, it doesn't call for the only fight it calls for. This is it. This is the fluff without the stuff, as I always say. This is all they want to see is the McGregor uh, uh, Mayweather fight. Doesn't have to be a undercard. People aren't buying this ticket for the undercard. They're buying it for the McGregor uh, Mayweather fight, and that's it. Uh, they're just filling up the the stuff uh, just to showcase. There's going to be maybe one or two knockouts. They're trying to time out what's going to be the what time the fight's going to come on, um, and so they they know they know what they're doing. And the showcase for Davis, that's exactly what it is. He's going to look good. He's going to do his thing, and it's going to be leveraging him for future. Uh, uh, notoriety and to, to to show his talents on another level against another opponent maybe more worthy than than the one he's going to face well you know you're, you're right i mean um you know uh, you, many every time i've ever discussed uh um you know the pay-per-views with with producers and stuff like that that's the exact model um that they say you know people are buying um you know, people are buying it for the main one, but you know, it's just what made pay per view. You see what what happened? What people forget, which you all must have forgot. <laughs> what people forget. Forget, what people forget is that um, you know, twenty thirty years ago when you started getting pay per views, we were getting pay per views 
as a creme de la creme collection of fights, and that's why they were worthy and justified to be a pay-per-view. So, you know, you would see good fights on a regular basis, either on the cable networks or, or you know, on regular television, and then it will culminate into a pay-per-view, and you would have, yes, you would have the main pay-per-view fight, but the other three fights would, would all be very good ones, ones that you... You know, I, I I agree. You're not buying a pay per view for it, but you're certainly happy that uh, uh, that it will happen. And what happened with the industry uh, over time was that we got all the garbage fights on television, and the only good fights became pay per view. So the sport actually fleeced its fans once once more. And I think what's happened over the last um, uh, uh, you know handful of years is the fact that because boxing, and, and we both have admitted this, and many people agree, that boxing is, is on an upswing, especially this year. We've had uh, some great fights. And, Absolutely. you know, now what you want to do is you don't want to regress. You know, it, it's like the old saying, you know, two, two steps forward, three steps back. You know, you don't want to do that. And, you know, a pay-per-view, and Floyd Mayweather, of all people, has an opportunity or had the opportunity to, to get things back on track, regardless uh, of his, uh, you know, WWE type of fight that, that we're expected to uh, uh, watch with, with he and uh, uh, McGregor. But the truth of the matter is, is if he, they had put together a kick-ass uh, undercard um, that were all pay-per-view-worthy pay fights, you know, I could see this, uh, uh, you know, breaking all the records and stuff like that. I, don't, I still don't see it happening. I, I, I don't see this fight uh, breaking uh, the uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, uh, pay-per-view record. I, I just don't see it. I, I, I see, you know, mostly MMA fans uh, buying this fight. And the way, the, and I've been talking about this uh, all week, the way a lot of uh, MMA fans do it is collection. You know, they'll have a, a bunch of people come over to one person's house. So from a pay-per-view number standpoint, they're getting one pay-per-view and 20 sets of eyes watching it. Whereas boxing generally, uh, especially uh, of, over the last decade, has been the complete opposite. Everybody buys it themselves and watches it at home. So I would have liked to have seen a, a much better undercard. And to be honest with you, I would have liked to have seen this undercard announced a lot sooner so that people could be talking about it. I think that's also indicative of the egos that we're dealing with between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. What do you think? I think you're 100% right on. I mean, this undercard should have been put together, should have been promoted uh, a lot earlier than what we uh, see in front of us right now. And, uh, no, you're 100% you're right on target. But And as I said, this is all about McGregor Mayweather. It's nothing about anybody else. They're just filling that in to see what they could do, and they're orchestrating, timing it. They know what fight might likely uh, uh, end in a knockout, what's going to go to the distance, because they got to do it all timing. I'm telling you, this whole thing is orchestrated like a like in a like a, a ballet or like a like whatever. A, it's, it's, it's 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 orchestrated. It's, it's orchestrated like a WWE event. That well, I was going to say that. You're right. I know. Hey, listen. Thank you very much. We're going to take another break, and another we're, break. and we're not going to lose Sal because uh, we uh, we kicked uh, Microsoft to the curb. And uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little about the uh, uh, the undercard uh, 
extensively. Uh, Sean Porter, Delorme. I, I'm I'm interested in that. Now I'm saying undercard. It's a different network, but it's at the same place. But uh, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Uh, glad you are with us today. And uh, just saw my girl, uh, Emily Harney. Yeah, you remember Emily. She's uh, part of the show, and uh, hopefully we can get her back. I want Emily to come on down to our event, Sal, uh, August uh, 25th and 26th. Uh, Absolutely. Beautiful St. Simons. I mean, she'll have a great time. She knows Marlon. I mean, Emily, I'm talking to Emily like she's here. Emily, Marlon Starling's going to be there. Uh, uh, Mike Weaver, uh, Bobby Chez. Uh, so uh, come on down. And you and, and I, Bill, we're going to be there. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and Emily Harney, hopefully. She can take pictures. She's the boxing's best photographer, you know, so uh, she can take some pictures. What was she the night of my comeback fight? Well, you know, she was uh, probably uh, taking pictures out of, you know, main event. You know, Emily's getting snooty now. She's only doing all, all the main big gigantor. Of, for all I know, she's going to be in Vegas shooting the uh, McGregor-Mayweather uh, fight. I don't know. but uh, Probably. Anyway. Um, Peter, uh, Sean Porter against uh, Thomas DeLorme. I, I like this fight. Uh, you know, the one, you, you know that I love uh, Sean Porter. I love, and, uh, I, 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 I mean, love the yeah, new, neutron yeah. missile guided hooks and right hands. Well, the the thing I love about him is, you know, he never stops. The, the problem never is, stop. I love him. Well, I he's really got, do. He's got the North Korea guided missiles because he doesn't know where they're going to end up. You know, so hey, you like, like that. Good. You like that, right? But uh, but you know, that's the only problem. You know, his accuracy or or you know is is a little uh, little yet to be you know. Oh, it's a TBD. You know, to be determined. You know, but uh. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, uh, I don't, uh, want, uh, uh, this to, uh, uh, you know, I, I just think Delorme is going to be a, a, a decent fight, uh, for him. What do you think? Yeah, I think it will be a decent fight. And I know, and I really do like Sean, Sean Porter. He's a, he's a great, great fighter, well-conditioned, punches bell to bell, uh, 12 rounds, 10 rounds, whatever it takes. And, uh, he, he is, I love him. He's a great guy. And I think if he uh, connects with those punches and bunches that he throws, you know, he's going to have a, a good night for him. Uh, but it's going to be a good fight. I think it's a real good fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the uh, uh, the tall body of uh, Delorme, uh, to me, has a big... Uh, uh, it it has a big X on it for for Sean Porter. He's got to work that body. I I see Sean Porter stopping Delorme. No disrespect to Thomas Delorme. I I just think Sean Porter is a a, a totally different uh, animal uh, for uh, uh, for Delorme. Porter uh, has been in there, uh, you know, with uh, with the best. So I I'm thinking he's going to break him down and stop him uh, in this fight. And 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 I think that you know that fight. Uh, would be a, a pretty good uh, pre-fight 
get you going for a, a night of uh, uh, boxing that's going to culminate uh, uh, with a snooze fest between uh, McGregor and Mayweather. What do you think? I think you're right across the board. And, uh, you know, it's like I used to say, I, I love fighting the taller opponents because you got more body range to do. You faint, you do this, you get inside, you bang with a right hand, you come up with a hook, you got all the, you bully them inside, you uppercut, you overhand rights, you know. Uh, but the body, you give you give that much body and uh, with a tall, lean guy. And, uh, you know, you can work your way in there and just bang that body and the rest will come down to it for you. And um, I think that's exactly what I see. And this fight should go about six rounds, maybe eight. Last night there were some fights uh, that took place, and in the super featherweight division, Charles Hurtada improved to twenty and five with eleven uh, knockouts when he picked up his eleventh when he scored an eighth round. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, when he scored an eighth round uh, technical split decision over Miguel uh, Gonzalez, who drops to twenty and three. Uh, the way the scores were, uh, a uh, and by the way, uh, accidental head. But uh, caused the uh, fight to be stopped uh, in uh, at 32 seconds of the eighth round. 78-75, 77-76 for Hatata, and uh, one judge had uh, it uh, uh, 78-75. Uh, also in the uh, on the card in the lightweight division, Christian uh, Gonzalez improved to 17 and one when he scored a third round knockout over Daniel Perales, who drops to 10 and 11. And in the featherweight division, Francisco Espaza improved to six and zero with a draw. Uh, when, uh, well, you can uh, look at it as improving to or dropping to, uh, when he and Fernando Fuentes uh, uh, battled to a six-round draw. Uh, Fernandez, uh he becomes uh, 12 wins, seven losses, and one draw with four knockouts. Uh, the way it worked, 58-56, and two judges had a 57-57. So uh, that's what took place uh, last night. Uh, in uh, in the uh, boxing world, Thursday night fights. We've got some more fights scheduled for tonight, but we've got some emails here. Sal, you ready? Yes, sir. Um, my man Jesse says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I saw the undercard for Floyd versus Connor, and it looks all right. The one fight I like is Juan Hernandez against uh, Jose Barago, two undefeated prospects uh, fighting for their position to move up. Both fight hard and are heavy hitters. It should be good. I also like the Porter Delorme fight in that Porter can't afford a loss because he's moving up quickly. Delorme is tough and has the skills. Um, Shorten's Porter's been there and done that. He's a former world champion. He's already climbed the ladder. Uh, he's a likable guy, and he's an action-packed fighter. Uh, he's interesting to watch. What I find real interesting in the email so far, um, Sal, is that Jesse is picking the fights that are going to be on before the pay-per-view. So, you know, when we look yes. at this undercard, technically, yes, it's the undercard. But it's not the undercard for the fights that you're shelling out a hundred bucks for, you know. So, uh, you know, I agree that those two fights are uh, are good ones. But uh, for a hundred bucks, I, I like one uh, of the uh, of the four fights that are uh, that are on the pay per view. He says, uh, "How do you see the Gilberto Ramirez versus Jesse Hart fight? Uh, it's a big test for both of these guys. Hart can punch and Ramirez can box." Um, a lot of people think that uh, Gilberto Ramirez uh, has uh, been coddled. Um, and, and, you know, my thoughts on this is Jesse Hart's kind of been coddled, too. I, you know, it depends how you look at it. I, 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 when, I, when they made this fight, Sal, I wondered why um, Jesse Hart was, was, you know, getting this fight. I, I think that they were rushing him in a sense. You know, I mean, uh, Ramirez, uh, you know, he's... Uh, uh, you know, he got his shot, and, and he's, he's a belt holder. But 
Um, I, I thought that Jesse Hart, they were moving him along a, a little slower, possibly for a showdown down the road or, or possibly to, uh, you know, uh, get a shot at a belt a, a little bit later. In a way, I, I think that they're, uh, they're rushing him a bit, even though he's got enough fights under his belt. They haven't been against top-level opposition. Is this what's happening with the sport? You coddle a fighter uh, and then get him a, a, a title shot and then hope he wins? Because if he doesn't, it kind of, the way fans look at it, and this isn't my opinion, but the way fans look at it, all of a sudden he becomes an opponent. I, I think they're rushing Jesse a little bit. Yeah, possibly they are. But, you know, let, let's let's try and look at it from a promoter and from a manager standpoint and a fighter standpoint. This has been a unique formula that was devised in the 70s and 80s to have a fighter uh, work up on an undefeated uh, uh, status, maybe not face the most world-class opposition on his climb up the ladder, and then you release and unfold and reveal what is going to be revealed the night of the, his world title shot. I mean, I could tell you they did this time and time again. Um, uh one of my last manager's fighters, he did the classic uh, book and uh, was with Charlie, uh, was it Charlie White Lightning Brown? I think he got him a shot with either Harry Arroyo. The guy was undefeated. Uh, I, I don't want to tell you how he got that record, but he he uh, pretty much uh, went across a little tour and, and had knockout after knockout after knockout. They finally released him after uh, he worked his way up and got a, a top ranking in the in the in the system and and then they put him in the ring with Harry Arroyo and Harry Arroyo I think just uh, destroyed him I don't know but that's just it you have a package you want to unwrap it you want to reveal it so you take care of the package you see what's going to happen and then guess what the night of the fight hey he he either has the goods to make it a fight and to make it work for him and it's to sustain a career. Or he's going to be uh, dubbed the, the 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 not the real deal, and uh, he's going to become an opponent for a little while, or he's going to either make or break, and he's going to get out of the game. But meanwhile, you're marketing your guy, and that's what some of these people have done, and that's what they continue to try and do. And they're ready to reveal and unwrap the package the night they step in the title fight. That's that's it. Well, we'll see. It's not the best way, but like I said. We like to see fighters proven with equal opposition, this and that. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll admit, maybe I didn't have the best opposition coming up. Uh, I, I fought a couple tough guys here and there. But, you know, if I was going to get leverage for a title fight, I feel in my heart of hearts, you know what? If I put me in with, with somebody, I would have been already, in my, my, my mind, confident enough to, to handle any situation that came there because I did have those fights and those moments in between that was a proving ground and grooming ground. But the thing is, is that, and we talk about this all the time, if you're not given a, 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 an increase of, you know, op, if your level of opposition True. doesn't increase, you know, fight after fight as you're building up, you're not getting better if you're constantly, uh, you know, being fed the same level of opposition, and and you know, you're not getting a chance to get better. Yeah, you're looking good because it's easy. It becomes automatic. It becomes you get bored in a sense, and all of a sudden, you take you leapfrog over these next, you know, uh, fighters that you should. This progression of fighters that you should be facing in order to to help hone your skills and and get you better, and all of a sudden you go from you know, a guy you're dominating to a guy that, uh, you know, is is eons above that level. And, and it's not, it may be good financially for the people that have invested the money for you. 
uh, in you uh, and financially for you as a fighter. But, you know, for you to become successful, I mean, uh, and win, uh, you know, now all the ball, everything's in your hands. And I just don't think they arm the fighters with enough bullets if they're not giving them the experience. And, and you know, this is going to be that case. And, and Thomas, you know, talking about Sean Porter and Thomas DeLorme, DeLorme is a perfect example of that. You know, he was uh, coddled, coddled, coddled. He won a title. All of a sudden, he, once you win the title, now all of a sudden you're fighting top 10 guys that have worked themselves into a position, and he ultimately lost his belt. You know, so, uh, or actually, I think he title, he challenged for a title and then, uh, you know, got blown out. Uh, I think that was more uh, like it. But, um, you know, it just, uh, it's, it's just the way it is. I, I don't know. I, I think old school... Um, you know, progress. In, you know, increasing your level of uh, uh, opposition, progressively increasing it. Uh, a fight after fight is is how you build up a fighter. That once you get that world title shot, uh, you hold on to that belt for a while. Well, you're absolutely right, and that and that's good. And you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have uh, you know my fights getting progressively a little more challenging here and there, and and it was great. It's a good way to learn. You got to do it that way. And you know, Lou Duva was a master of that with his pool of fighters. He would give them that opposition. He would escalate it, and he would challenge them. I mean. You know, he uh, he cultivated a lot of champions from that model and uh, doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, there's many other managers and promoters out there that have done it the correct way, the old school way. Uh, you know, it's just a contemporary flesh in a pans. Uh, guys that are trying to use any, any influence or connections or money to leverage your guys up there to get them in a shot position. And uh, then, you know, the package becomes opened up and revealed. And uh, guess what? It goes in a closet. It's not going to be used again. That's that's the whole difference. But yes, nat naturally progressing along with more and more stiffer competition and raising the level of a fighter's awareness and skill set is exactly the way to mold and shape a fighter for future championships. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, it gives uh, gives the fighter the best uh, opportunity. Uh, Experience to, uh, is the best teacher, Bill. Yeah, well. Uh, Sister Mary Elephant used to be a de decent teacher too for Cheech and Chong, but that's another story. But uh, we got another guy. we got another uh, email. Uh, this one is, uh, and we're gonna have Alex Papali join us here in uh, about fifteen minutes. But uh, Great. this one's from uh, your man Joel and my man Joel. All right, uh, he Joel. says, uh, "Hey Billy C, with the announcement of yesterday's pay per view undercard for Mayweather McGregor, I was curious about your and Sal's thoughts. If it was uh, above or met or below." your expectations i personally felt with such a big main event the undercard was going to suffer with no names or one or one-sided fights but i am interested in the tabidi versus steve cunningham fight uh as this is a crossroads fight for cunningham i want to see bedo jack against nathan cleverly however javante davis is fighting another sitting duck in francesca uh, i look at francesca and he's fought a chock full uh, uh opponents of under 500 he says, I was back uh, on the fence ordering this pay-per-view, but with this undercard, I think my interest went back. Um, okay, and then he's got another question, so let, let's uh, start with that. Um, I think it's below my expectations. I, I would have thought that, um, and in my opinion, I, I thought it was below my expectations. I would have liked to have seen a kick-ass uh, undercard. Um, the Nathan Cleverly-Bedo-Jack fight, I like. 
Javante Davis, I want to see more of, but I would have. I agree with Joel. I, I would have liked to have seen him in a in a much more significant, harder fight. And uh, as far as the Cunningham uh, Tabidi fight, uh, I, I guess based on Cunningham's um, experience, it's going to be a tough fight. I just don't see. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a better undercard than I think. I just don't. I I think it's a good undercard. For anything other than a pay per view, I think that's the way I'm looking at. It. If it was a, if it was a, an undercard for an HBO or Showtime event, I got no problem with it. Um, you know, is it interesting fights? Yes. Are they pay per view level? In my opinion, no. What do you think, Sal? Well, I share your thoughts there, and I, I think, like I said, they. They orchestrate these things. They know they can't have a night of uh, instant knockouts and have two hours of dead time uh, showing uh, old clips <laughs> waiting for the main event. Uh, you know, that fight's going to go on, what, about 11 o'clock, you think, the Mayweather? Well, the main Probably event, better. yeah, but, I mean, the, now we But, we're I fine. mean, they got to fill two hours worth. So, so like I said, they, they could calculate. They could see with these fights going the distance, some of them, and some of them ending in a knockout. It's a, it's a crap game, and uh, how appropriate for Vegas. I, I think these cards, and I understand exactly what you mean. These, these fights, maybe they're not pay-per-view worthy, uh, the undercard. And it's the fluff filling in the stuff. That's all. Because the only thing that people are going to really recognize or want to see, and they're coming now for, are, is the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. This is going to give the fans something else to do as a preliminary. And, yes, it's going to showcase Shivanta Davis. It's going to be uh, a good fight maybe with Cleverly and Jack. Uh, you know, and it, it's going to happen to be, you know, I think, I think it's a little better card than what we're slamming it to be. But I just think, as you said, is it truly, if it was the undercard, is it truly pay-per-view worthy? And uh, no, I, I don't think these fights stand alone uh, would be. But the only event we're really going to want to see and pay attention to in between is going to be the final, which is going to be the uh, um, Mayweather-McGregor. The M&M. &M. That's an M&M fight. <laughs> yeah. It's an MMM. It's an M&M &M fight. It's an MMM. MMA, MMM. Um, he says, lastly, are you excited as every football game uh, with the NFL preseason underway? Have you watched any preseason games yet, or do you wait until the regular season to happen? He says, I hope the Jets do well. Curious how Jay Cutler does in Miami when he takes over for uh, Tannehill. Uh, have a great weekend. You too, Joe. Um, Thanks, I'm, not, uh, I'm not impressed with uh, preseason, although I did watch uh, uh, some of uh, uh, the Bears uh, rookie quarterback that they made the stupidest uh, trade on draft day with the 49ers over. I mean, the kid looked good, uh, but, uh, you know, they trade away a pick for one slot. The 49ers weren't going to pick him anyway. I mean, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a stupid management move, but the kid looked good. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I glance at, at stuff like that, but preseason means nothing. As far as the Jets are concerned, it's a cursed franchise. They're going nowhere. Um, it's sad. I, I'm a lifelong Jet fan, and, and the, tr the, the sad truth is I'll be going to my grave, never seeing them go to the Super, uh, Super Bowl again. I was uh, just a kid, eight years old, when they uh, uh, won the Super Bowl the first time uh, and the only time that they've appeared in the Super Bowl. So uh, I doubt very much I'll ever get to see it again. Uh, but uh, preseason... 
you know, I wish that the uh, that the NFL didn't really do preseason the way they do it. I know that the players have to basically practice with new members of the teams, etc. You know, draft picks, trades. Um, you know, figure out who's going to be the starter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I get it, uh, but uh, but the, the preseason games, especially for me, I'm a sports better, uh, and and they mean nothing. Uh, and it's hard uh, because a lot of people, you know, get all wrapped up into them. But really, uh, the games mean nothing. What, what do you think about preseason? Do you even give it a thought? Well, you know, I growing up, I, I didn't realize preseason was starting in August. I, I think I think they're elongating these seasons and giving more and more. I I, I know they train, they practice in August, but uh, you know, uh, football I associate with the winter months, and baseball I associate with the summer months. And you know, I think there's a lot of overlapping and everything else right now. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm as you know, as of the other night, I became a great Jet fan and. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say this, Billy. I want to see the Jets in the Super Bowl before you and I leave this uh, beautiful planet. So that is possible. Like any like like Conor McGregor has a chance against uh, uh, Mayweather. So does the Jets have a chance to get in the Super Bowl? Um, I'm not saying it's a big chance, but you know what? Hey, who what can happen over the next couple of years? They could draft some good players. They can cultivate a good team. In the spirit of uh, Joe Willie Namath and Pat Ryan, who I met the other day. He was a great guy. Uh, you know, I think uh, we're going to root the Jets and see what they could do. Well, I'm a, Hello? I'm a diehard Jet fan. <laughs> Hello. I'm a diehard <laughs> Jet fan, and, and Joe Namath was my idol, but uh, yeah. I don't think it's looking good for them. But uh, anyway, that's that for uh, emails, and I appreciate that. And uh, they announced another uh, uh, one of the World Boxing Super Series fights. Uh, that will uh, be taking place in cruiserweight division. Uh, Unier uh, Dortikos, who's undefeated, uh, and he's also the WBA World uh, Cruiserweight Champion, takes on uh, uh, Dmitry, uh, uh, Dmitry uh, Kutuzov, uh, and that fight's going to be taking place on September 23rd uh, in Texas in uh, at the Aladon, uh, Alamo Dome. So uh, that's, that's another good one. I, I love this uh, World Boxing Super Series, and so far... I have uh, uh, all the fights. Let me see. Do I have them all? Um, I have uh, the ones that have been listed. I think I missed one. So if any of you guys can help me, um, I have the Breedis, uh, the uh, Marius Breedis and Mike Perez. I have that date. I have the Dortico State. I have George Groves, Kane, Jamie Cox, and I have the uh, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Yildrum. Um, those dates I have. Uh, did they set a date for Yusik Huck uh, and uh, Vladzarek Gassiev and uh, Callum Smith Sokoland and also Brahm or Rob Brand? I think that one was set. So if any of you guys can uh, help me out with the dates on that, I, I would greatly appreciate it. So drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Uh, and I like this fight, Sal. And as you know, I like this series. And uh, what I like most about the series is that the fighters themselves, which incidentally there's no American fighters there, the fighters themselves were more than willing to enter this tournament with titles on the line and everything. And that's the mentality of 
a fighter. That's That should be the mentality of a fighter. That's the mentality of fighters we see in England. We see it in all fighters except the U.S. fighters. The fighters in the U.S. are seemingly uh, afraid to fight uh, other quality fighters. They want big paydays for, for no fights. Javante Davis in his next fight is a good example of that. I'm just using that as an example because, as I stated earlier, I, I'm a big fan of Javante Davis. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of disheartening to see that it's such an obvious uh, uh, trend. It sticks out like a sore thumb, Sal. No, you are right. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit of the minutia we're going to have to uh, uh, deal with and uh, see what happens. But uh, it's it's part of the game, Bill. Part of the game. you got to take the good with the bad. And hopefully the cream will eventually rise to the top. And that's where we get the good competitive fights. But, yeah, I was I was very uh, very shocked uh, with the uh, apathy showing any uh, any of our United States fighters going into that super series of tournaments. The what? What'd you say? Would you would you say you were telling you, there was no U.S. fighters earlier in the in right the, in right the super so, series. in in the in the world boxing super series? World bo- yeah, that's that's amazing. Why why is that? Because they're so coddled. Because they're so they want to. Yeah, that's damn right. That's uh, that's what I was just saying. I I know. My point is that why is that the mentality? Is that what we're going to deal with? I mean, it's 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 just a it's just a shame. That's all. I'm just reiterating what you said. It's just a damn darn shame. Yeah, it really is. Because we like to see some domestic guys put it on the line. Get it, bite the bullet, and say, "Hey, we're going to prove we're the best," and, and that's it. That's the fighters' mentality back in the old days. Well, it seems to be the fighters' mentality outside the U.S. You know, once you bring in the U.S. into the mix, uh, you know, now the fighters, oh no, I don't want to fight him. No, 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 I don't want to fight that guy. Oh, oh, if I fight him, it's got to be in my backyard, my gloves, or my trainer. Uh, I get to come out first. Uh, I get to go be and announced. This kind first. of purse, I know, and when, when you. When you give it up to the rules, regulations, and and somebody else's decision making as far as tournament structure, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I guess you know, like I said, a manager and promoter, what they want to do is orchestrate and tailor and and have a game plan of how they're going to leverage and use their fighters along the path. And when you sacrifice or say, you know, we're going to push all that aside right now because we're going to enter a tournament. That's the mentality and mindset of why you don't see any U.S. fighters in here. Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, that's uh, that's not a good sign for them. But uh, no. anyway, hey, listen, let's take a short break, Sal. And when we come back, uh, we're scheduled to have uh, Alex Papali join us and uh, give him gives give his thoughts on a bunch of stuff. We'll toss some uh, questions at Alex and see if he can hit the softball. What do you think? I look forward to it, Alex. Uh, I love Alex. He's a good man. All right, back we're gonna take out. we're gonna right, take a buddy. short we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts! Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you! I hate you! That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're 
you're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking of being with us, joining us right now, all the way from sunny Connecticut, is my man, Alex Papali. He's with both of us. Sal, me, Alex. Good morning, Alex. What's going on? Oh, good look, morning, good. Billy C. How are you? Oh, I guess Alex doesn't have his video. We got the we got the deer in the headlights photo of uh, of Alex up there. Well, you don't have your. Yeah, you see, I told you, red shirt. That's it's weird. I, I mean, oh wait a minute, I do have an X there. Why is that? Because you're you're not computer. You're 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 so used to working with the Apple. And and you know the funny thing is, <laughs> is that is no, that well, this is the first time I've used it since they updated it. Well, let me tell you, they uh, the stupid Microsoft has screwed up my. Uh, uh, the whole uh, operation we got going on here, and today uh, we finally got it going uh, the way it should. And because um, we run multiple systems here, every every function that we do for this show has a separate system. And all of a sudden, they were running different operating systems, and it wasn't handshake. And now, as as we're doing this show, all of a sudden, I, I got a. Uh, uh, I, you know, they want to put back what I just took off. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. But, uh, uh, yeah, we still got a, a, a solid shot of you, but no big deal. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I should have uh, tested it or something. I called you no, before the show. No problem. So what's your uh, yeah. I know we had some a uh, bunch of stuff to, to talk about, Alex. Uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, what was your thoughts of the uh, Lomachenko uh, performance uh, last week? Uh, I, he is, um, there's so many superlatives that have been used for this guy. Uh, virtuoso, I think is a great one because, um, he, uh, he does everything just beautifully. And, and, uh, there is, I mean, that's, he's one of those reasons why when p people talk about, you know, boxing, um, uh, there's a beauty to boxing. It's a poetry in motion. Uh, his style is really amazing. Um, he is he's he is a bully. Uh, what Timothy Bradley was saying, I think, was a good point. I mean, the way he got right in his face at one point in Mariaga's face, and he was he was well, he was um, about six inches away from his face. It was amazing. Uh, he uh, his punches come from all angles. He's so fast. His his mastery of distance distance is incredible. Yeah, he's beautiful to watch. Well, I, could I add something? I'm oh, sorry. Well, I was I was just gonna say, you know, I I thought maybe his value went down a little bit in the last fight, Alex, because he yes he dominated, but I I don't know. I you know he just seemed bigger, and and I, I'm just I have just such a hang up when they put these guys in in mismatches and Lomachenko is better than that. I, I it was almost like a regression. Um well, I mean I, I thought it was it definitely was a mismatch. I mean, it was it was fun to watch in the sense of it's it's if you're a cat lover, it's fun to watch a cat play with and kill a mouse. And that's what it looked like. Um Good and, uh, you know, I, I think, but you're right. It wasn't um, a complete mismatch. Absolutely. I'm not sure that was Mary August's fault. Um, he he gave what he could. Uh, it's just that Lomachenko is that good. And, and that's the thing that I kind of like. Some people might be really turned off by that. Uh, but I like the bully quality of uh, Lomachenko. Uh, he's a fighter. You know, um, I, my, I got into the sport from watching Mike Tyson. I mean, you don't get much bigger bullies. <laughs> Good point. What were you going to say, Sal? No, I was going to say what what I loved about Lomachenko, and thanks, Bill. You know, he is one of the reasons 
that you could say that boxing will use the example of pound for pound best because you know it's it's you cannot ever see this guy fighting for a heavyweight championship of the world but scaled down to his weight division this guy did it all does it all so he's one of the reasons and examples of why we look at fighters pound for pound as being the best and i'll tell you what i i don't think he lost too much market market uh, sense there i think like alex shared I like to see that in a fighter, a bully, confident fighter. It wasn't always just uh, uh, that way. But, you know, this guy went out there. He, he said, hey, you don't even belong in the ring with me. I'm going to show you what I could do, and, and, and that's it. And you know what? Not only you, but anybody I face, it doesn't belong in the ring with me because I'm the best. That's the, that's the aura he sends off. That's what I got from that fight and his bullying technique. And, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll do things do well throughout his career no matter who he fights but um, he is a good example of why they came out with the 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 viewpoint of a fighter being pound for pound the best that's all yeah, I, I, think, I think that's an excellent point and i think that uh yeah that's definitely you you feel that as you're watching him that he's putting everything together that if you watch this sport you know that a fighter should be doing and you can imagine oh my god if a fighter was in this mold at any weight, he would be, you know, it, it, it's almost like you're seeing a superhero. And that's really what the power pound for pound sort of thing does. It, it transcends the sport. And it's this idea that, wow, at any weight class, that guy is sh showing supremacy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I mean, that's a great point. And uh, I mean, it is what it is, right? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> well, I'm really sorry I can't get my video on. That's okay. I'm staring with you. I'm having to stare at with you. I, I wonder what <laughs> I'm picture it is. I'm fogging up your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Billy C., I had a friend of mine that was on vacation uh, this week up in the Lake George area, and I said to him, he was doing a lot of kayaking, and I said to him uh, that supposedly – there is a legendary mustachioed lake monster in there. Uh, and he was looking for it, but he didn't see it. Yeah, well, uh, it's usually on a boat, though. Uh, not well, uh, not the in the, the boat, by not, the way. Not, not, in, not in the the water, you know. But, uh, uh, hey, hey, Alex, uh, we also didn't get a chance to talk uh, to you and get your thoughts about the, uh, the, the Garcia-Adrian uh, Broner fight. What, what was your thoughts on that? I was a little a little disappointed. Uh, it was one of those things where I was hoping for a brawl and a uh, a very strict boxing match broke out. Um, and, but again, like uh, Lo, like Lomachenko, we saw dominance. Uh, I don't think it was close. Uh, like Adrian Broner said, I thought Mark, Mikey Garcia handled him, and he showed he's by one. Of, he's he's one of the best fighters in the world too. But. Uh, you know, uh, it wasn't uh, the fireworks I hoped. I think one of the big, big problems with Adrian Broner, and it's it's really unfortunate about, you know, the sort of Floyd Mayweather counterpuncher style is that they're just not busy enough. He just doesn't throw enough punches. Um, that's one of the problems. He's always going to see himself sort of behind in a situation where he's sort of fighting back on the cards. He's like coming from a behind 
uh, standpoint because he's just not active enough. Because even if you throw, you know, a couple of flurries around and they all hit, it's just not enough, especially if the other guy is being aggressive. So I think that's one of those things that we've we've we found ourselves saying a lot about Adrian Broner. I think it's still true. Uh, one of the things about it I think that was cool uh, was for all the talk about his uh, lack of discipline. He certainly came in in shape. Yeah, that was a a, a good uh, positive about it. But and and I agree with you. I, but I looked at it, and I know Sal and I have talked about this uh, fight a lot. I, I looked at it as a great performance by Mikey Garcia doing what he had to do and making sure that he wasn't going to get robbed in that fight. You know, uh, uh, you know, Adrian Broner um, hasn't really stood in the pocket and and inflicted um, you know that toe to toe type fight uh, ever. But he did it more as a as a smaller fighter in the lightweight division. But uh, he's since uh, he's since changed his style, and and it's almost like he thinks fighters are just gonna lose to him without him having to try, and that's what's uh, mind boggling. And, and and then he's still delusional, thinking that people want to come and see him. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know what Sal's whispering in his ear, but uh, you know, it's uh, it it can't be it can't be good, Sal. No, no, don't worry about it. I wouldn't be. I'd be. I'd. I'd say you gotta get out there, kid. Go out there and be a wrecking machine. That's what I would tell. <laughs> so, Alex, what do you think of the undercard in the uh, that was announced for the uh, Mayweather fight? Uh, I think you know showcase fights. Uh, I mean, I think it's good to be able to see Gervonta Davis. I think that um, you know he's definitely a young, uh, up and coming star, one of the bright spots of the sport. Uh, but yeah, he's not matched in too deep. It's a it's a uh, replacement uh, ma- opponent, isn't it? In the original Fallout, who for who? Javante uh, Davis's opponent. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I, I you know what? I wanted to see him in a real fight. Um, it's a showcase fight. My point about the undercard is not that they're not good fights. It's just that they're not good pay per view fights, in my opinion. Right, yeah, which, you know, we're, we've, I, unfortunately, we've gotten used to that, uh, of real crappy undercards. This most, this thing is, I, I don't um, imagine that this is much more than a uh, commercial. Um, it, it, I watched some of the All Access, and, uh, dude, it, it's, it's hard to watch. Uh, they, they're both. It really is, in a way, it's a good flight for our time because it really seems like we've been through the uh, presidential campaign of this sort of battle of douches and douchebaggery has won. And this fight is a battle of douches, uh, the two (laughs) biggest douches of uh, both sports. So it's like uh, it's hard to know who to root for. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Mayweather, when he when he to show just has the bag of money. It's just disgusting. Uh, May, and McGregor, you know, is just uh, profane. Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's really not appealing to the best of us. I, I really wonder how well it's going to do. Um, I think it, it's as Sal I think was saying earlier in the show. It's really being driven by the popularity of MMA. Uh, it's um, boxing is going to win, uh, but I, what are they going to win? I really wonder. 
I'm wondering if uh, Summer's Eve douche is going to win. Uh, there was a lot of douches. There was a lot of douches in <laughs> that, that comment. That should be one of the sponsors. I mean, uh, you know, come on. I mean, Sal, we, 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 you and I have had this talk about promoting uh, douches and, uh, you know, other things. And, you know, that's uh, that's Alex's word of the day. But, uh, <laughs> that's funny. but uh, yeah, you know, the, the sad thing is now Larry Holmes coming out saying that he's got a good chance of winning. Uh, McGregor does. And. Uh, you know, I know. does does uh, Larry have a piece of this action? <laughs> I don't know. Surprised. I don't know. But the other the other thing was pretty comical. I had issued a uh, uh, an official uh, request to Bob Bennett of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, both as a letter and an email. He never responded, and basically, I, I read the letter on air, and it was uh, basically asking him how he approved that fight. And how he had been saying that Nevada State Athletic Commission is all about safety, et cetera, et cetera. And he kind of answered all those questions in an article that was uh, published on another website. And his reasoning was that uh, Mayweather is aging and he's lost this step and he's this and that. And then the next day, Floyd Mayweather comes out and Stephen A. Smith interviews starts saying all the same stuff. You know, like it was, uh, you know, determined by, by he and Bob Bennett. And, you know, it's like they're grasping for straws to try to sell this. And it it doesn't surprise me that the interest uh, in terms of live uh, seating and stuff, they're not sold out. They have thousands of seats available left. Um, I don't think it's going to break the pay-per-view records. Uh, Alex, what do you think? I wonder. That'll be very interesting. Uh, I do think that on the undercard, you know, you do get – I sight to see Gervonta D D Davis – the Cleverly versus Badu Jack fight is pretty good. Uh, and the Ch Sean Porter versus Delorme fight is not bad. Um, but, um, you know, the, to me, the thing that is the eyesore, the thing that uh, I, I, you know, have a problem with is Mayweather-McGregor. So, I, you know, I won't be watching it. Um, uh, I'm going to be at uh, Foxwoods uh, CES very wisely, and I think they're I think they're doing this now for both these upcoming events. Is putting together a live boxing show that night, and then if you got a ticket for that, you could get into the pay per view and watch the uh, the farce. Um, so it's, I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to be able to get to drive home uh, while Mayweather Meg McGregor are fighting. Um, but uh, I do think that. Um, it's good. I think it is going to do well. I don't think it's going to beat Mayweather Pacquiao, though. I, I I agree with you there. What do you think, Sal? Well, you know, I early on, I was with uh, good old cousin Jeremy. I thought that uh, this fight would transcend and would surpass the Pacquiao uh, Mayweather world record setting pay per view, and I was. You know, looking at all aspects and and all all uh, races and creeds and classes, wanting to see this fight, and not only the boxing audience but the pay per view. I mean, the MMA audience. So I thought it was going to really be. But you know, later on, my heart of hearts, you you realize as I do and we all do that most real boxing fans or boxers rather save their money and wait for the real boxing fight. That's going to take place in September, less than a month later, between Triple G and uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez. That's the real fight I wish we were talking about right now instead of this one. But this fight is going to be the fluff without the stuff. It's going to be a showcase. It's going to be um, an entertaining 
uh, uh, value. It, it's nothing more than just a shock appeal to see what's going to be happening. It shouldn't even be a sanctioned fight. We've said it for months now, but it, it is what it is. And they're going to pull in and grab in and hook in a couple of suckers like you and I and everybody else. Uh, but the real fight and the only fight that I really wish we could be talking about right now is the Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight because that's going to be a fight. That's going to be a war. That's going to be the real one. And that's going to be the fight. I can't wait till we dive into that and open up that gift package. Well, I can't deny that. I mean, I, that, that is a real fight, and I'm looking forward to it a couple of weeks after um, the uh, uh, the forest that we, we're, we're going to be down in uh, St. Simons for. But um, you, know, you know, the thing about uh, Triple G versus Canelo, like um, uh, like Sal was just saying earlier about um, Lomachenko, is that to me there's a little bit of the shine off of it, but it actually makes it more intriguing as a matchup. Uh, was that Triple G was the guy that, like Lomachenko now, uh, Lomachenko does have that aura about him that he could do no wrong in the ring, that sort of mystical pound-for-pound quality, like you realize you're seeing something spectacular. Um, To me, it was Triple G before him that had that. Uh, Triple G kind of lost that. Uh, in the Danny Jacobs fight, because even though Danny Jacobs didn't win, uh, I thought, you know, the first time I watched it, I did think he won. Then I watched it again, and I scored it differently and had Triple G winning. Either way, the mystique of Triple G, that quality that made him, wow, you're really seeing something spectacular, kind of went away in that fight. I saw, wow, he has trouble with guys who are good at distance, who who time him well. Um... And then I realized, wow, maybe uh, Cinnamon can do some of those things. So in a way, the fact that some of the mystique of Triple G is gone, it makes the matchup with Canelo better. Well, here's the thing, though. You know, Canelo, and I've said this for years now, Canelo, listen, Canelo's a a great fighter. I I love watching him and stuff, but he possesses a, a very visible weakness that he has not been able to overcome and what that weakness is is that he cannot land effective punches while he's on the move the great fighters can sugar ray leonard uh, you know even floyd mayweather if he wanted to exchange he probably could manny pacquiao etc you know these guys were uh, tommy hearns you can sugar ray robbins i mean you can go on and on i mean these guys were able to you know uh, not only uh, mix it up with an opponent but while they were using uh, their agility and footwork and, and movement, they were also able to uh, inflict damage on their opponent, whether it be a stiff jab or a power punch. I mean, these guys were able to do it. Saul Canelo Alvarez can't. He uh, is so textbook and so, uh, you know, robotic in a way that he has to plant his feet before he can effectively land punches on his opponent, which puts him in a position where he's right in front. This is why he was so ineffective against Floyd Mayweather. Every time he did that, ready to inflict damage on Floyd, Floyd wasn't there anymore. When he does that against Triple G, Triple G's gonna be there waiting, and it becomes an exchange. Who's got the harder punch? Who could take the better punch? At this stage of the game, even though I agree that Triple G has looked not as good as he has in his last two fights, you know, he hasn't looked as good previously in his last two fights. 
Uh, or no, I'm saying in his last two fights, he hasn't looked as good as he did previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, and, you know, whether he needed a fight like this to, to wake him up again or, or what, I think that weakness that Canelo possesses is going to be the biggest uh, uh, reason why Triple G is going to come out on top, even though I think it's a 50-50 fight, though, Alex. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that... Um... I don't know. I mean, I, I think Canelo might be able to make up for that. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that Camelo, Canelo might be able to make up for that with uh, some well-timed body shots. Um, that's the thing that we've never seen somebody do uh, is to really go after uh, Triple G's uh, guts, and I think Canelo will. Um, so even if he is in those – and I think that'll make that, that those exchanges really fun. Um, to watch, uh, to me, and I think that that's, I don't know, that's what Danny Jacobs showed me is that, wait a minute, maybe Triple G isn't this um, destroyer like I thought. There's there's a few chinks in the armor um, so that the fight that I thought he would just clobber Canelo, I'm not sure he will because I do think that um, Canelo might be able to time him uh, because I think Jacobs did show that. Well, does uh, he's got more power than Jacob Sal? Canelo? Yeah. I think I think Canelo has a uh, <laughs> Jacobs has good punching power. We know that, and uh, Jacobs was a big man that night. We know that. Um, I think Canelo has good power. I think uh, he can sit on his punches and deliver them. I know what you're saying as far as Canelo having to get set. I think he's not quite as much of a deficit as as that statement does relay. I think that he is able to do a little bit more than just being that stationary target or fighter that has to plant and get set. I think that if you had asked, and you did, we did talk about this fight a year and a half, two years ago, I automatically assumed it was going to be uh, all Triple G from bell to bell and, and he was going to win by a knockout. Now, as you suggest, I do concede and see that it could be a 50-50 fight going in because of Triple G's less than a stellar performance in his last two outings. But with that being said, don't don't ever doubt or count Triple G out uh, for slipping. I feel in my heart of hearts that Triple G knows what's on the line. Triple G is a champion. Triple G is a warrior. And Triple G does know that this, his twilight of his career is right now. And he's going to rise to the occasion. I think he's going to surmount whatever he needs to do mentally, physically, spiritually. And I think he's going to give one of the best performances we've seen him in. With that being said, is he going to be so dominant and destroy Canelo? No, he's not. Canelo's going to do the same. He's going to rise to the occasion. I think all field uh, uh, game plays or fields being level. I just see Triple G being a heavier-handed fighter that's going to also bang Canelo Alvarez's body and hurt him on the arms, the body, and eventually up top to the head. So I see this fight being a classic, great fight and a great exchange. I see an ebb and flow in the early rounds. I see uh, middle rounds coming out. But I do see uh, Triple G being dominant in the later rounds and ultimately uh, catching and hurting uh, Canelo Alvarez. That's that's what I see. But it's a great fight, great matchup. And, yes, 
I do see it closer today than I would have seen it two years ago. Yeah, I, 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 I think that we're going to see um, the best Triple G uh, yeah. that we can. And, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if after this fight, he rides off into the sun. If, if he wins this fight, he rides off into the sunset because he would have gained all the recognition he wanted and he gets to walk away on top. And Canelo is young enough where the loss isn't going to hurt him. I think the loss would hurt Triple G more because a lot of naysayers would say, see, he finally fought a, a, a real fighter. Yeah, he's ordinary. And, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Alex, one last thing I want to ask you. What's your thoughts with Larry Holmes and his uh, uh, prediction or, or uh, assessment of how – um, McGregor could actually beat Floyd. I mean, um, I heard this many, many times when Klitschko, uh, I don't know if you caught the show in the beginning, but I, I was showing the comparison. People used to always say that about Klitschko. Ah, Klitschko's nothing. All you got to do gotta is, do, yeah. all you got to do is, and then everybody would say the same thing and nobody could do it for a decade. And quite honestly, uh, the game plan that uh, Larry Holmes uh, mapped out for Conor McGregor is what everyone says all you got to do to beat Floyd, and he's 49-0. and 0. Nobody's been able to do it. What's your thoughts on that? And do you think Conor McGregor could do it? Well, see, that's just it, is that I, I don't think he – I think to some degree what Larry did say um, is true. You have to – in order to beat Floyd's style, you need to overwhelm it. Uh, his style is based on counterpunching and picking off shots – slipping shots and then making you pay for that well how do you beat that overwhelming it's kind of like missiles he's got a missile defense system how do you overwhelm it since we're very likely to go to nu go into a nuclear war before this fight happens anyway uh how do you beat a missile defense system you overwhelm it by throwing lots of missiles at it uh well that's what McGregor should do absolutely that's what people should have done Floyd's whole career who did it effectively are the ones who did it best Marcos Maidana <clears throat> excuse me to come at you throwing lots of incoming from lots of weird different angles the thing is what I know about McGregor and it's not much and it's based on that uh, Jim Lampley interview uh, that I forget that he did with somebody where he talked about how um, CompuBox and I can't believe I'm using that as an example but he talked about CompuBox did some numbers on McGregor. He's a counterpuncher. So his style is not even the kind of attacking, overwhelming, lots and lots of punches style to do that against Floyd. So he's going to have to be fighting a style that is not he's not comfortable with in a sport he's never been in against the probably one of the best guys of the last 20 years. So, yeah, how do you think he's going to do? Uh, I mean, I do think that it's um, it's funny that Larry is saying that, and it does make me wonder if he's getting a, a cut of maybe a local pay-per-view showing or something. <laughs> but, um, I uh, no, I don't see McGregor having any shot. There's nothing in his makeup from what I know, the little I know of him, uh, that could suggest he could do it. Well... I mean, Floyd is promising us a uh, knockout, and I think he'll get it because of the fatigue factor, not at the power. Or if Conor McGregor came dressed as a woman, then Floyd would definitely knock him out because he's knocked out many, many women. <laughs> oh, that's you wrong. Know, but, uh, but anyway, hey, Alex, I appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, giving us your thoughts, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, next week's blast, my man. All right, guys. Great to talk to you. Take care. All right. Take care That's uh, my man Alex Papali.
and uh, giving us his, his thoughts. And uh, hey, you know what, uh, Sal? He was uh, he was right on there. So uh, I believe so. Anyway, hey, listen, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap this up and uh, do some other things. So uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'm gonna say about two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And... We're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, with me now is uh, my partner in crime. I was going to say. Yeah, what were you going to say? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't want to say. Co- I was going to say culprit. I was going to say culprit. I don't know. But uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, what's your final thoughts on uh, uh, Larry Holmes uh, saying that? You know, you think Alex uh, has a point that maybe he's involved in this somehow? Uh, monetarily, I I just no, think I that he was that speaking the obvious uh, for you know how to beat Floyd, but easier said than done. No, it's it's like like I've been saying. There's no Billy, as you said, and brilliantly because it's the fact there have been 49 other opponents beforehand that probably had some type of formula or could devise a way, hey, you know what, I think I'd give him a good fight. But then again, you know what, I'm going to just throw punches and bunches. That's what a fighter has to do with this guy. He's got to cut the ring off. He's got to get him in a corner. He, he can't let him run around the ring. And he's got to make a stand. And when he gets in punching range, if Floyd's close enough to punch you, you're close enough to punch him back. So get in there, bang the body, throw punches and bunches, way through the arsenal that he's going to offer. And... uh and just, uh, hey, it's easier said than done. We know that. But that's been the textbook, the game plan of what so many fighters should have tried to do beforehand. And Floyd, like I said, is the matador in with bulls. He can move side to side. He can hit you and turn, and you're going to miss. He's not going to be there. He is a master of that. And and you know what? I will never take away what his ability is. He's a world-class fighter. And uh, whether we like the fact that he doesn't engage or not, the guy is a master. And I give him credit for that. And, uh, you know, the only chance I've said all along, McGregor has, is to not respect Floyd, wade through any arsenal he's going to offer to McGregor, and just bang him all over the place, throw punches, hit him in the arms like uh, Rocky Marciano did to Roland Lestarza, uh, do whatever he could do to hit, and uh, bang the body, bang the arms, throw punches and bunches, let your one punch set up the next punch, and just hopefully one of those uh, unguided scuds will, will catch Floyd or hurt him or get his attention, and then you can jump on him. But you got to manhandle him. you got to throw him into the ropes. you got to use your arms, your open hand, or whatever you got to do. And you got to do the best you can just to be busy and, and not stop. And you know what? You never know what happens. You know, the, I think you're right. The, the, the key, the biggest key um, is to show absolute no respect 
to Floyd, which I don't think he deserves any respect either uh, inside the ring or outside the ring, for that matter. I, I think he's a scourge of a human being, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but uh, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't bet against Floyd. Uh, you know, he's going to win this fight. He's going to win it easily, and he's probably going to walk away with a knockout. On this day in boxing history, August 11th in 1990, Sweet Pea, Pernell Whitaker, knocks out Juan Nazario in the um, first round to unify the world lightweight title, and that took place in Nevada, state line Nevada, that is. On this day in uh, 1990, Hector Camacho wins a 12-round decision over Tony Balzador uh, to retain his WBL junior welterweight title, and that took place in state line Nevada on the same card as uh, Pernell Sweepy. Uh, on this day in 1987, the guy who changed Hector Camacho's uh, career, Edwin Rosario, knocks out Juan Nazario in the eighth round to retain his WBA World Lightweight title. It took place in Chicago. On this day in 1954, Archie Moore knocks out Harold Johnson in the 14th round to retain his World Light Heavyweight title. And that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. And finally, on this day, August 11th in 1899, George Little Chocolate Dixon retains his world featherweight title as a result of a 20-round draw with Eddie wow. Santry. In, uh, it took place at uh, the Broadway Athletic Club in New York City. And that was a popular uh, a place to watch fights back in those days were at the athletic clubs, uh, something that uh, I don't think too many even exist today, uh, or a men's club, they used to call it too. But uh, anyway, that's what took place on this day in boxing history, and uh, I'm glad to see that we uh, got over this uh, uh, technical hump uh, with uh, uh, our, uh, our broadcast, Sal. And uh, I look forward to it. I'll tell you what else I'm looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to uh, coming down and uh, uh, eating at your place. I mean, <clears throat> coming down and uh, doing our event uh, again uh, in St. Simon's uh, in a couple of weeks. But uh, I'm really looking forward to trying some of your food. You know, I haven't really uh, had any in a few weeks. Absolutely, Bill. And we're going we're gonna to have the best of the best ready for you. And I'm going to hand toss your pie. And uh, I know you like just a plain cheese like I do because that's like my father said. He said, Salvatore, you want to make a good pizza, use the best of cheese, the best of flour, the best of the sauce, and you put it together. That's a, that's the benchmark, and that's uh, that's what we do. Have you ever tried our linguine and white clam sauce? I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not a seafood, I'm not a seafood guy. I don't even like clams. I don't like nothing. Not, none of that. Okay, so. forget about it. I won't, we won't try. do that. Have you had my homemade lasagna or eggplant parmesan or you know, any I, that I, good I don't stuff? know if we got to have a buffet for you. I don't know I'm if I give tried. You assortment. I don't know if I tried the lasagna. I'm a big lasagna guy. I, I might have. Like baked ziti. The baked ziti is great alone, but if you put the bolognese sauce on, it's like a mini lasagna. It's phenomenal. I like the it's bolognese. Unbelievable. I love your your uh, the spinach. I love the way they do the, the spinach. spinach. Oh, oh, a little God. olive oil. Garlic, All right, that's it. Oil. That's it. I'm coming oh, over there now. We'll do the show from your place for the next two weeks. A little white fat. wine. That's all I oh, need. It's gonna be great. That's all I need is to get fattened up anymore, you know. But uh, yeah. hey, make sure you have the scotch for me. I'll drink for me the and Bobby and 
and Marlon and uh, Mike Weaver and Sherman and everybody else that's coming. So, uh, oh, it's gonna be fun. I'm so look for. I, I Bobby Chess called me yesterday. We talked about it. He's excited to coming down. We're gonna have a great time, Bill. And I got a couple more surprises. I I just uh, asked Vinny Pazienza if he can make it down. I don't know if he can, but we'll see. I'm waiting to hear back from him. That'll be great. So, hey, we want you guys to join us too. So don't forget, uh, visit our website yes. BillyCBoxing.com. Click on the C Palms banner. Call them. Stay there. That's where we're going to have the meet and greet. That's where we're going to show you uh, a uh, one of our shows that we've done before it's airing on the networks, which are uh, starting uh, pretty soon. I think fall it's scheduled to start. So you'll get to see that first. Uh, great. Uh, some great stuff. You guys are going to love it. And uh, stay at the Sea Palms. We're going to play a little uh, golf, and we'll watch the fights over at Sal's. So uh, we got a lot of good stuff. So visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com. Click on the Sea Palms banner. And uh, call them and tell them you want the Billy C. Boxing Special. And uh, they'll tell it. They include some food and everything. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. But, uh, hey, listen, make sure you tune in Monday morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. And I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.